1, the book of Joel chapter number 1, and um, I want to read to you uh, just um, really this first chapter of Joel chapter 1, and there's really one verse I want to take a thought from that makes some a personal charge to us as a church family. Tonight is a very needful night, a very special night. Uh, we heard about the vision this morning, but tonight really is a call really to personal commitment to that vision tonight as a church. So I want you to sit and listen. Joel chapter 1, and we'll start in verse number 1. I want you to follow along with me in your Bible. Joel 1 and verse 1, the Bible reads this way. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation." That which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. In other words, there was nothing that was not touched by what was happening. He says in verse 5, Awake ye drunkards and weep and howl, all ye drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my vine waste, and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare, and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white." Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest and the Lord's ministers mourn. The field is wasted, the land mourneth, for the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen, how, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men." Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests. How, ye ministers of the altar, come lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. Verse 14, this is my heart tonight. Sanctify ye a fast call, a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. And as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. It is not, is not the meat cut off before our eyes, yea, joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seed is rotten under their clods, the garnets are laid desolate, the barns are broken down, the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? 
The herds of cattle are perplexed because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of the sheep are made desolate. O Lord, to thee will I cry. For the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame hath burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field cry also unto thee. For the rivers of water are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness." We see here that Joel calls the people of God to a solemn assembly. He calls them to present themselves to God. And he says, I want you to do this with a sober mind and a sober heart, recognizing what's happening around you. A few things that's happening here in Israel is things were happening in Israel that their generation had never seen before. Let me ask you this, do you think things are happening right now that we have never seen before? There are things happening right now that we have never seen before. Their land was being destroyed. How many of you have seen our land is being destroyed? I've watched so many desolate places and many places being destroyed. We see also in this reading that the leaders were distraught. Boy, isn't that something that's happening in our day? All leaders are just kind of flabbergasted. Is that a word? Flabbergasted at what's happening and there's so much confusion and uh, we don't, there's so much, there's information overload and knowledge confusion and you've got experts on both sides of the fence speaking things that contradict each other. It's a very, very unusual time. Joel, he was led by God to call the people together for prayer and personal dedication. Listen, I believe tonight that God has indeed given our church a vision that we are to be doing until God changes that vision or Jesus Christ comes or we die trying to do it. And so I believe that we now, with the vision from God, uh, we now need to dedicate ourselves and commit ourselves unto the work that God has given us to do. This is not a one-man operation. This isn't a two-man operation. This isn't a husband and a wife operation. This is a we operation. This is an us kind of thing. This is a work that we are to do together as the people of God. So tonight... We're we're coming together to present ourselves to the Lord and make a commitment to the Lord. That's where my heart is tonight. So I want you to listen to four key values and pillars that need to be the foundation of our vision. These four things are very, very vital to our vision. And um, after I preach these tonight, after I give you some words about them, I'll have these posted in our uh, sanctuary somewhere. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. Chuck, Brother Chuck got some nice signs made down the Sunday school hall. I may get him to make one with these really four core values or personal commitments that we as a church must commit to the vision God has given us. And I do pray that you're willing to commit with me to the work that God has called us to do. Without commitment, without workers involved, there will be no vision accomplished. So let me give you just these four things tonight. And as I share these, I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I willing to commit myself to that? 
Am I willing to commit my heart to that? Even though no commitment is perfect, we don't always get it right all the time of every day, but you're willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to commit myself the best I can to seeing that happen in my life. So I want you to listen as I go over each of these, and I pray it will be uh, clear for us. These real four values or pillars of our vision that must be in our lives. Number one, I want you to see this, and I want you to hear this. I'm calling us tonight to a commitment to prayer. I'm calling us to a commitment, a personal commitment to prayer. What that means is you as an individual, me as an individual, is committing ourselves to praying for our church and praying for the accomplishment of the vision that God gave us. Now, you may miss a day, and I'm not, don't beat yourself up, but I'm asking you, will you make a commitment tonight to be a person of prayer? Listen, the, the prayer life of this vision of our church is the fuel that runs this engine. Without gasoline in your vehicle, it will not operate. Listen, prayer in your life and my life on a daily basis. God, please bless the vision of our church. God, please give wisdom to our church. God, please give us direction. God, please provide what we need. God, please help us accomplish those four goals that Brother John gave us before a year has expired. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Here's what Paul says, pray without ceasing. Now I'm not asking you to commit to being on your knees in prayer 24 hours a day. I'm not asking you to commit some four hours a day to prayer. I'm asking you this. Will you commit yourself to praying for our church? You say, Brother John, that should be assumed. Can I tell you what assume spells if you're not very careful? We can't assume things. We must say things. One of the greatest things I've learned not to do as being a dad is assuming that my children know how to do what I told them to do. You have to sometimes explain and take them by the hand to make sure they understand. Listen, prayer is a key part. You heard about prayer this morning, but I'm asking you tonight, will you make a personal commitment to praying for our church and praying for uh, our vision that God has given us. In a few moments, we're going to have a time of commitment in the altar. And listen, we're going to invite you to come to the altar, come to a front seat, turn your chair into an altar and say, God, I would like to commit myself to praying for my church. The second thing that I want us to make a commitment to tonight is a commitment to personal purity. A commitment to personal purity. Listen, the Bible tells us in Matthew 5 and verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Listen, tonight our vision means nothing if the people that are on, par, on board with that vision are not living a life committed to purity. Listen, the Bible tells us that over the overflow of the heart comes out of the mouth, right? Listen, if we have a pure heart to the pure, all things are pure. When we have a pure heart, our eyes are pure, our words are pure, our actions are pure in what we do. I'm not asking you to be perfect tonight. But what I'm asking you tonight, are you willing to say this, God, 
My church family is counting on me to be committed to personal holiness and personal purity. Listen, we're living in a day where a pure life can make a great impact. There's so many things being uncovered right now across our nation. There's so many things being uncovered in churches across America. Listen, I am praying that our church, that somebody can come in here and turn every rock over and find a church committed to purity in our lives. I'm not asking you to be perfect, but I'm asking you, are you willing to say tonight, God, I commit myself to purity. I want what my ears bring in to be pure, what my eyes see to be pure, what my mouth says to be pure, what I do to be pure in my life. We need to be considering a commitment to purity. So I'm asking you tonight, I'm committing myself to purity. Listen, we're living in a day where we can no longer halt between two opinions. We can't serve God and Baal. It's time to draw a line in the sand and say, God, I'm throwing all the way in with you, God. Listen, we're living in dark days and a pure life is going to shine. A pure life, a pure church is going to shine in these days. God is calling our church to a commitment of purity. Are you willing to make that commitment with me? Listen, I don't want you thinking, well, Brother John, I would make the commitment, but I don't think I can keep my commitment. May I just say this? Neither can I, Brother Nick. God has to work in me to keep a pure heart. I cannot do that by myself. Listen, the the third thing that I want to call us to make a commitment to is a commitment to proclaiming the gospel. A commitment, a personal commitment to proclaiming the gospel. Listen, it's one thing for us to say, but it's another thing for us to do. And listen, God has called each of us to proclaim the message, to share the gospel. And listen, in the world that we're living in, the church must be sure that she's striking the right nail. She must be sure that she's sounding the right sound. We must be sure that we're doing the right task. And listen, may I just say this? You're never wrong when you share and proclaim the gospel. You never need to apologize when you're sharing the gospel. I found myself in situations over the last few months where there's been a lot of things I could have said and I'll, I'll do this. There's some things I've said that I kind of wish I didn't say. I remember I, 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 when all, a lot of this stuff started happening, I was kind of prideful in some things in my life and I just wish now that I'd have took the time and just shared Jesus instead of sharing my opinion. Listen, I'm asking you tonight, are you willing to say, God, I want to make a commitment to sharing Jesus in my life. I'm not saying you're going to go out and uh, put up a, a sound system and a soapbox, Miss Elaine, where, where she's got a little thing under her feet back there because she can't reach the ground. I'm not saying that you're going to go out and build a stump, some, get on a stump somewhere and build you a berm somewhere and preach Jesus like Brother Travis spits and hollers everywhere. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying this. Are you willing to make a commitment, God... I want to be faithful in telling somebody about Jesus Christ. 
Listen, brother and sister, that is the call upon our lives. And I read this this morning. I want to read it tonight, Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Can I tell you this? One of the greatest creatures to practice sharing the gospel with is your dog or your cat. Just preach to them. It'll give you good practice. You say, I'm scared to death to look somebody in the eyeball. Well, sit, sit boo-boo down and tell boo-boo how to be saved. And listen, I promise you, he ain't going to bite you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. But practice sharing Jesus with your snakes or your lizards or whatever. Just go preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, are you willing tonight with me? Listen, I don't go out every day and share Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I don't go every day. I, I've got some things that I'm busy doing and I'm not constantly sharing the gospel. But here's the thing. I want to make a commitment to be open to proclaiming the gospel to people in my life. I'm asking you tonight, without that commitment, this vision won't be accomplished. It can't be accomplished if we're not individually, each and every one of us. It can't just be five of us or ten of us or fifteen of us. I, we need each individual. We need Miss Peggy and Brother Jim and we need Brother Randy and Miss Tammy and Brother Mike and Miss Rachel and Brother Nick and Miss Hannah and Brother Philip. We need every part saying, God, listen, I may not be good at it and I may not know how and God, I, I'll commit myself to doing it, but please don't give me an opportunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God, I'll commit, but please don't give me an opportunity. We need Uno and Elijah and Deacon committed. We need Jericho back there committed saying, God, I'll commit myself to being a witness for Jesus Christ. Just a personal commitment. God, I want to proclaim the gospel. And I want to give you this fourth one. A commitment to persevere without exception. A commitment to persevere no matter what. Listen, brother and sister, it's always easy to quit. It's always easy to somewhere along the way to say, you know what, this is taking too long. It's not happening like I expected it to happen. It's not working out like I thought it would work out. But listen, I'm asking you, will you make a commitment tonight to persevere, to stay the course, to keep your nose to the grindstone? When your feelings get hurt, persevere. When you get overlooked, persevere. When you get discouraged, persevere. When you can't pray, persevere. When you don't know what to do, persevere. When you get hurt by somebody that you love, persevere and don't allow the devil to steal your focus on the vision. Listen, we're living in a time where God's saying, now is the time. Listen, last year doesn't matter, two years ago doesn't matter, four years ago doesn't matter, God has closed the door, a new day is happening and listen, it's time that we as the soldiers of Jesus Christ saddle up dig in and say, God, I'm going to persevere no matter what. Listen, you wrote down this morning, who's your one? What I'm saying to you, I don't care if they tell you no to Jesus 364 times. I want you to share with them 365 times. Perseverance means I don't take no for an answer. I don't take no for the final word. The other day I was, uh, Brandy and I were reading a, a book to the kids and it's a 
amazing book. And um, the author of the book, he was sharing how many times he had been rejected by publishers. How many times he had been told no. He says people come to him and say, Hey, brother, you know, I wrote a book and I've been rejected so many times. And they'll say, Well, how many times have you been rejected? They'll say, I've been rejected three times. He'll say, Three times. He said, I've not been rejected three times. I've not been rejected seven times. I wasn't rejected 20 times or 30 times or 40 times or 50 times. I was told no 51 times. His book is a bestseller, impacting lives, translated in 40 different languages. What would happen if he'd have quit at three no's? Or 10 no's? Or 50 no's? Aren't you glad that he went to 52 publishers? Listen, here's what I'm trying to say. When you've got a God-given vision, you've got to be persistent. You've got to persevere. And I'm inviting you and I'm asking you, are you, will you commit with me to persevere and to persist without any exceptions, without any buts, without any, well, if this or if that. Are you willing to say, God, this is where you put me. This is the pastor you gave me. This is where you want me. And I'm going to persevere in the vision, God, until you accomplish that vision or until you take us out of here. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. Paul tells young Timothy, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Brother and sister, this is a race of endurance. It's not a sprint. Listen, we're not going to see our vision fulfilled in a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. This is a, this is a marathon. This is an endurance race. This isn't a short, quick, out the gate, and then we just get to go on with life. No, listen, this is going to be before our eyes. When we look, when we see, this is the vision God gave us. And what I'm asking tonight, I'm asking you to commit yourselves to the vision. There's a psalm Chapter 67, verse 1. I want you to, to listen to this. I want to just share this. I, I, I just want to speak this truth right here. It's a psalm and it says this, God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. Well, what a wonderful, wonderful blessing that is that God would bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. This morning I read that God would cause His face to shine upon the sanctuary. But I'm asking God tonight to let His face shine upon us. So listen, brother and sister, I'm not asking you to do something that I am not doing in my own heart. But listen, I know commitment's a big word these days. And I know commitment for this generation is a scary thing because oftentimes we're afraid of commitment. But I want you to know a God-sized vision like God's given us, it will not nor can it be completed without personal commitment from every part of the body. So I'm asking you this. We're going to have Miss Elaine come to the piano if you don't mind. She's just going to play. We don't have to have any particular song.
unless you've got one in your heart, Brother Ben. Listen, here's what I'm asking today. It's a, it's, it's a solemn moment, a serious moment. I normally don't ask for commitments. I don't think I've ever really asked for a commitment other than our faith promise giving since I've been here. But tonight, God's laid it in my heart with what's happening in our world. Listen, we're going to bump up against challenges and giants and darkness and storms and deep valleys and wide rivers. And listen, our commitment sometimes is the only thing that gets us through. You know, I've asked many people along the way that have been married, like Brother Chuck and Miss Janie, 50 plus years, 51 years. 51 years. Aren't you glad she didn't say no? I asked many married men that's been married a long time, I said, how'd you do it? Can I tell you something every one of them have told me? They said, listen, there came a point that we could have quit, Brother Jim. I've never talked to anybody that's been married for more than 50 years that hasn't told me this. They say there came a point that we could have quit and it had been easy to do. But we made a commitment. And our commitment has got us through 50 years of marriage. I bet if you ask anybody that's been married a while, there's been struggles, there's been difficulty, there's been trials. There's been hurt feelings and things, miscommunication. But what kept them through it all was the commitment they made. Listen, I can't guarantee you a, a smooth trip on this vision. I can't guarantee you the shape we'll be in when we cross the finish line. But I can tell you this, there's an anchor on the ship and His name's Jesus. And He'll go with us all the way. And I can tell you this, I believe He has committed Himself to us. And tonight what I'm asking us to do as a church, not an emotional charge, I'm asking you soberly and solemnly, are you willing to commit yourself to pray for this vision? Are you willing to commit yourself to purity? God, we need to be pure. Are you willing to commit yourself to sharing Jesus? And are you willing to commit tonight that you're going to persevere and just stay with it? until God does what He said He'd do. We've laid a vision out for the next year. I'm just asking you to make a commitment with me that we're going to see it through. So I'm going to pray. And here, as I pray, I'm going to pause and just have a moment of just quiet and silence. And I want you to talk to Jesus. And I want you to settle this in your heart. And then after that moment, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar as just a token of your commitment. Lord, I want to commit myself to these things. So if you will, just bow your heads for a moment. Father, we come tonight together as a family, God of believers, that love and are loved by You. God, thank You for the great love that You've loved us with. God, behold what manner of love that God hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons, the daughters of God. And Lord, tonight we come, Lord, You've given a vision, God, You've given direction. But God, this morning we really dedicated the building. God, tonight we're dedicating our bodies, we're dedicating ourselves to the, to the vision. 
And God, I know that we can't do it without you. Lord, your word says without me you can do nothing. And God, tonight we are made of dust. We're frail. We're limited. God, there's things we don't understand. But God, we're coming by faith to commit ourselves to you, to each other, and to the world. And I'm asking you, God, that you would make up the difference. I'm asking you, God, that you would step in when, where we can't. God, when we run out of gas, I pray, God, that you would lift us. God, when we don't know what to do, I pray you be the light that leads us. God, when we want to draw back from our commitment, I pray, God, you would be a fire shut up in our bones that compels us to continue. And so, God, now, would you speak in the silence to our hearts. church, I want to invite you, if you will, just stand up with me. As Miss Elaine plays, y'all can just stand with me. I'm just asking you to take a step of faith and say, God, here I am, and I want to commit myself to the work. I want to encourage you to come to the altar and pray if you can. It's not a mandatory thing, but I just think there's something that gives testimony. God, I'm committing myself to this. So church, you respond as you see fitting. God leads. These altars are open. If you want to come say, God, I'm committing myself.